Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Titzaveh. It is a continuation of the last parasha, Terumah, in that it is a continuation of the instructions for how to build the Mishkan, uh, primarily the instructions that are given in this <coughs> in this parasha uh, have to do uh, mostly with the Kohanim, uh, as we will see. But uh, the very, very first part of the parasha uh, still, still deals with the functioning of the Mishkan itself. And the first part, we are told, uh, to uh, that Hashem tells Moshe, uh, to command B'nai Yisrael to prepare pure olive oil uh, for lighting the menorah. It will be pure and clear, and the menorah is to be lit every single day. Uh, the next section of the parasha, a very large portion of the parasha, uh, deals with the uh, the Kohanim, uh, who are going to serve uh, off of the Korbanot, the sacrifices in the Mishkan. One section uh, talks about the garments for the Kohanim, because the Kohanim, in order to do their uh, their various tasks, their avodot, uh, must be dressed in the garments that the Torah prescribes. And therefore, uh, the children of Israel are commanded to make these garments for the Kohanim. And their um, the Kohanim, just to remind us, the Kohanim are Aharon and his sons. Uh, Aharon himself is going to be the Kohen Gadol. And there will be a significant difference between the garments uh, of the Kohen Gadol and the garments of a, a standard Kohen. Uh, first, uh, uh, Moshe is told to separate Aharon and his sons, designate them that this is going to be their special task, and that uh, people with special talents are going to make the garments out of a mixture of fibers as the Torah uh, lays out. The Kohen Gadol wears eight garments, uh, and the Torah describes uh, all eight of them. The first of those eight garments is called the ephod. It's a kind of a half cape with shoulder straps and a belt. It's almost like an apron. It is made of a mixture of fibers. And on the shoulder straps, on the shoulders, there are two stones engraved with the names of the twelve tribes. There are gold settings and chains uh, to attach the ephod to the rest of the uh, garments of the Kohen Gadol. The second garment is known as the Choshen, usually translated as a breastplate, but it's not really a plate. Uh, a good deal of it uh, is made out of uh, fiber. Once again, it is made of a mixture of fibers. It is folded, uh, and uh, on the front of the Choshen, there are four rows uh, made up of a total of 12 precious stones engraved and in gold settings. And they're engraved with the names of uh, B'nai Israel, uh, And that's why there are 12 stones, one for each one of the uh, tribes. 
the Choshen is attached to the Ephod at the top and the bottom by means of rings and cords that joins them together and they must be, they must be uh, attached uh, at all times, held in place. Inside the Choshen are placed the Urim V'tumim, uh, which the Torah never describes what exactly the Urim V'tumim are. Many hold that it is uh, name the name of Hashem written down, uh, and by means of the Urim V'tumim, uh, and this this part we do know, um, by means of the Urim V'tumim, uh, Hashem communicates to Bnei Israel. Questions would be submitted through the Kohen uh, that are of let's call it national interest. There are some rules about using the Urim V'tumim. And then, uh, in order to answer B'nai Yisrael, the letters on the stones would light up. These were the letters engraved on the stones of the of the Choshen. And those letters that would light up would be an answer uh, for uh, the question that is uh, that is posed to Hashem. That's the uh, Choshen, the second garment of the Kohen Gadol. The third garment is called the Me'il. Various translated as a robe or as a coat. Me'il is the modern Hebrew word for a coat. The Me'il is made out of blue. It is placed under the Ephod. It has a woven opening for the head, for the Kohen Gadol to put his head through. And it has golden bells and pomegranates all around. And those gold bells uh, can be heard when the Kohen Gadol uh, goes into the uh, the Mishkan. We'll talk more about that later. That's the third garment, the Me'il. The fourth garment uh, is called the Tzitz. It is a golden head plate. It's a plate of gold on which are writ- uh, written the words Kodesh Hashem, uh, so that we understand that the Kohen Gadol is sanctified and holy to Hashem. It has a thread of blue that uh, that the Kohen uses to tie uh, around, tie it in place on his uh, on his uh, forehead, and the tzitz uh, serves to atone for certain uh, sins. Uh, then uh, we have garments that are very similar to the garments worn by every Kohen. Uh, a tunic, a turban, and a sash. Uh, there is a linen tunic, uh, a tunic, that is to say, kind of a long shirt. That's the fifth garment of the Kohen Gadol. A linen turban uh, that he wears on his head. The turban of the Kohen Gadol looks different from the turban that's worn by an average Kohen, uh, but they both wear a turban. And there's an embroidered sash that goes around the uh, middle of the Kohen Gadol, and in this way uh, uh, holds everything uh, holds everything in. Um, so that brings us up to seven garments of the uh, of the Kohen Gadol. There is an eighth, but we get to that a little bit later. Uh, it's at this point that the Torah talks about the four garments of other Kohanim. Uh, I suppose the reason why the Torah tells us about it here is because they are similar in many ways to the garments that the Kohen Gadol wears. Um, like the Kohen Gadol, the uh, standard Kohen has a linen tunic. Uh, he has a sash. 
uh, and he has a hat. As I said, the, the shape is a, is a bit different. Um, the, the last garment uh, is a pair of pants made out of linen. For the, the average Kohen, this is the fourth garment, and for the Kohen Gadol, this is his eighth garment. So they have four garments in common, uh, linen tunic, sash, hat, and pants. Uh, and the Kohen Gadol has four uh, other garments that are unique to the Kohen Gadol, uh, and they are the Ephod, the Choshen, the Me'il, and the Tzitz. The next part of the parasha talks about the process of the consecration of the Kohanim. The Kohanim are going to be uh, invested in their uh, in their office uh, as Kohanim, and uh, the Torah describes exactly uh, how it is supposed to uh, supposed to be done uh, when the time comes. First, there are sacrifices. We are told there are sacrifices of a bull two rams, and uh, an offering of matzot. All of the kohanim are to immerse in a mikvah. Uh, and then the kohen gadol, that is to say, Aaron, is to be clothed and anointed uh, as the kohen gadol. And then the other kohanim are to be clothed as well. Uh, and at this point, they would all, they are supposed to offer the sacrifices. The bull is offered as a sin offering, the ram, or one ram, is offered as a burnt offering. And the other ram is a special peace offering uh, for the investiture itself. A special uh, korban that is only brought on this occasion. Then the kohanim will eat the ram and the matzot and burn any leftovers. And this process of investing the kohanim, uh, consecrating the kohanim, will go on for seven days. All of this is um, it's found in our parasha in the form of instructions that are given to uh, Moshe uh, to, for B'nai Yisrael. The, uh, the last two parts of the parasha, uh, one deals with the korban tamid, the daily sacrifice. Uh, every single day, uh, a sacrifice is brought. It's called the tamid. It's brought uh, morning and evening. It is made of a. It is a sheep. Uh, it's born. It's brought both morning and evening, and it's brought as a burnt offering. We call it an ola. In addition, there's an offering of flour that's been mixed with oil, and wine uh, is offered as a libation, and. Uh, the Torah repeats or reminds us that Hashem will commune with the people from the Mishkan. That will be the way that Hashem will uh, communicate uh, the mitzvot uh, to B'nai Yisrael. The very last part of the parasha uh, uh, is about uh, one more part of the Mishkan that hasn't been mentioned uh, yet, and that is another altar. We mentioned it in passing. Uh, the Mizbeach, uh, the altar that is not for bringing sacrifices, but rather for bringing incense. Um, it is made of shittim wood overlaid with gold. It has rings and poles for carrying it. And it's placed in the holy place. In other words, in the same room where the menorah and the shulchan are placed. 
the Kohen Gadol burns incense uh, on the this altar, both in the morning and in the evening, and it is purely for incense, not for uh, animal sacrifices, uh, with one exception, that on uh, uh, Yom Kippur, uh, some of the blood of some of the sacrifices that are offered on Yom Kippur are sprinkled onto this uh, incense altar um, at this one time of the year, namely on uh, Yom Kippur. And that uh, would bring us to the end of Parashat Tetzaveh. Now, as I said, we should examine a little bit more closely the uh, Bells and the pomegranates uh, of the uh, of the meil uh, of the robe. The Torah says that along the hem of the meil are to be placed uh, pomegranates, the shape of pomegranates made of uh, the various uh, f- fabrics. Uh, it's to go all around, and between them uh, a golden bell. Uh, sound it. One way of reading it is that they alternate pomegranate, bell, pomegranate, bell. Some read that a pomegranate has the bell in it, but uh, there's no question about it that there are bells going all around. And the Torah says that Aharon is is to wear this uh, while he is bringing the various sacrifices. The reason why he has to have bells that make a sound uh, is so that the sound is heard when he comes into the the holy place. both when he goes in and when he goes out, velo yamut, so that he should not die. And this seems like a very uh, stark uh, statement that uh, somehow the bells are going to uh, keep him from dying. So Rabbeinu Bachya examines this uh, from a number of different uh, perspectives. Uh, first he says that when Aaron enters the sanctuary and he's dressed in his eight special garments... Um, he prays, of course, because that's that's part of his uh, task, uh, and Hashem will will hear his prayers. So that's one thing that is heard: the sound of his prayer. But in addition, the sound of his voice, to the sound of his voice, there will also be heard the sound of the bells. And this, uh, first of all, the Rabbi Nubachi says, is lesson in manners. When you uh, when you go into, uh, let's say, the king. Uh, you don't just barge in on the king. You make sure that you uh, make known that you would like to speak with the king. So you would do something like ring the bell, if there's a bell, or knock on the door. Um, so in a similar way, the ringing of the bell here is a reminder that you just don't go into the Mishkan. Even the uh, even uh, Aharon, the Kohen Gadol, doesn't just go in. Um, he has to uh, first announce that he is coming, and in a sense, this is muster for us uh, in the way we should behave. Um, uh, when you when you arrive in someone's, uh, someone, even in someone's home, you should not just go in unannounced. Even if you go into your own home, I should add, uh, we're told that it's important to uh, make sure that the people inside know that you're you're coming by knocking or ringing the bell, um, because it would be uh, rude to take them by surprise. Similarly, uh, when the Kohen Gadol goes into the Mishkan, he has to give notice that he intends to uh, enter. Second reason that the Rabbeinu Bachi gives um, is uh, to warn the angels uh, that uh, that the Kohen Gadol is coming, because 
the angels uh, might want to interfere. They um, they might feel uh, that it's not right for for a mortal to be uh, present in this very very holy place, and they might try to interrupt. Um, uh, so this is a uh, let's say an, uh, an alert to the angels to tell them. Uh, I am coming in, Kohen Gadol, I am coming in with authorization, and therefore you should not try to uh, to stop. Um, so uh, this is kind of an alert to the uh, to the angels themselves, uh, and uh, otherwise the angels would have uh, uh, would have harmed him. Uh, of course, Rabbi Nubachi says that the bells are not necessary for God, as God knows, or even for the angels. Um, but rather, um, it's a warning to the uh, to the angels that the Kohen Gadol wants to uh, be able to have privacy with uh, Hashem during with the divine presence during the time of his prayer, um, as well as as we said to prevent uh, an angel from uh, from harming him. So that's what it means when it says so that he will not die. Um, because uh, this is a warning or an alert to the angels that he is uh, that he's coming. Uh, the Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar cites the Ramban and uh, goes back to the idea of uh, of the angels uh, having a human face, uh, but uh, still, human beings, a mortal human being, has a uh, has a place. Um, now, uh, the exception to this, of course, was the uh, Yom Kippur, because on Yom Kippur, the level uh, of intensity of, uh, of connection between uh, the Kohen Gadol and Hashem uh, resembled that of an angel. Uh, and therefore, he goes in, not only to the holy place, but into Kodesh HaKodeshim, wearing only his four standard garments, his four white garments, and none of the other garments, including no meal, so no no bells were necessary. But that's because uh, the Kohen Gadol himself is uh, on Yom Kippur like an angel. Uh, he is, in a sense, uh, one of them. And that speaks to the widespread minhag of many people on Yom Kippur uh, to wear white uh, because, in fact, we are behaving like angels. On that holiest of days, uh, we are in the fellowship of the angels. I thank you very much for joining me uh, for this week's uh, examination of uh, Parashat Tetzaveh. I should remind everyone uh, that because it's the Shabbat before Purim, we also will read Parashat Zachor. Uh, and uh, according to many, it's a mitzvah to hear Parashat Zachor read uh, every year. Uh, there are even those who hold that women have this obligation as well. Uh, and so uh, make a point of, uh, of hearing Parashat Zachor uh, read uh, on this Shabbat before, uh, before Purim. I thank you for joining me. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.